Hello everyone. Welcome to the Startup Operators Weekly Roundup. My name is Kunjan and um, joining with me is Roshan Karyapao. Together we'll be taking you through the greatest and latest news from the startup ecosystem from the week that was. It's a gloomy Sunday today it seems in Bangalore but the startup ecosystem has been bustling with action. Roshan last week we missed the roundup but anything I'm sure you're holding back a thought that I know yeah. the audience would love to hear. Yeah, for sure. Really sorry for missing the roundup last time. I wasn't really in the best of health. You know, one of my favorite stories of the past year happened uh, last week, and it's unfortunate we had to miss this out. You know, Pharmacy acquiring Thyrocare. Thyrocare is a wonderful story. You know, Mr. Velmani is a real inspiration. You know, came to Bombay with about five hundred bucks in his pocket and has built such a you know amazing business and huge outcome for himself. Worked for ten years as a scientist and then started off this uh, business along with his wife. it's yeah it's one of those inspirational stories and uh, the other thing also is uh, some of the good news that's been coming in right i mean i think the ipo numbers for the first half of the year came in and uh, something like 27000 crores were raised by uh, all of the listings right and 17 of these 23 ipos that happened uh, happened in the may 21 quarter right and this is just the beginning h2 we are hoping that something like 40000 crores happens right and we have some big bang ipos due which is lic paytm zomato i think aditya virla also i think the mutual fund business will go ipo as well right compare this with last year and the only one that i can remember is sbi cards right and it's another thing that you know i've been rejected more times by these ipos than uh, any girl has in my life right i have not got a single allocation call it like damn luck but yeah i mean nazara was oversubscribed mtar was oversubscribed bunch of them right and there's also some kind of concern that the pe and vc funds are cornering most of this capital right and this capital is not being used for growth and what not but i guess that's a something like a two sided thing right so one way you can think that okay you know retail investors are taking on all the risk and you know businesses will not have enough to invest in their growth but the other way of thinking also is that look i mean these guys um, bet on these companies when they were much smaller and this will inspire more confidence on uh, you know on the part of pe and vc folks to invest in more early stage companies right because exits like this is an outcome for them it that's how their business works out so from both sides i guess right and i do believe that if you take a, a long term view and a mid term to long term view uh, given you know that the economy has depressed and you know we're at the uh, we're in the throes of a pandemic there's only one way we can go right i mean it's bound to grow and i i would say choose a business and uh, forget about the price i would say right if you're looking at a slightly mid term to long term perspective i think everything is going to grow i mean i keep uh, citing rakesh junjunwala here right so india is going to grow right. stocks are going to grow as well so yeah so all around very good news uh, good to get started right and uh, roshan i really couldn't agree more i mean we are over the past round of we have been covering the large check sizes you're seeing in early stage investing right so uh, this only shows like even vcs while the economy might be taking a tank due to the covid uh, situation the startup community remains bullish on its future yeah right? the betting and, on the india story you know the betting on uh, india growing this decade really that's the that's the bet okay. so uh, that's a great point to start the this week's round up on i mean we have seen d2c brands come a long way over the past few months and also how india's gaming industry is being disrupted you know by the quality of games and platforms you are putting in the app stores right but the biggest highlight from the previous week was uh, the fundraise by digit insurance right uh, they had raised 200 million dollars from pairing capital sequoia capital india 
IIFL alternate asset management and others. And I think with this fund raise, they're valued at around $3.5 billion. $200 million check size is one of the biggest funding rounds in the Indian insurance industry. And I think Digit was also the first company of 2021 to attain the unicorn status. And this happened in a span of just four years. This started around October 2017. And like I said, the economy has taken a dip due to the pandemic. And uh, the insurance growth was hovering around 5% last year. But a company like Digit, which is a digital insurance space, they claim that they are growing at a rate of 44%, right? And that's, I mean, it's almost 8x of what the industry was doing. Today, Digit has over 2 crore customers and the claim to have processed over 4 lakh insurance claims. And uh, their GWP, which is the gross gross return premium, has been around 70% in the last fiscal. That's April, May 2021. And if you compare this to the insurance industry, it grew just at a rate of 17%. So what do you think is fueling this massive growth for digital insurance companies? Look, I mean, in one phrase, if I have to sum it up, cheaper, faster, better, right? I mean, somebody took offense when I said that, you know, insurance hasn't changed much in the last 200 years, but it has been entirely disrupted in the last 10 to 15 years. But that's exactly true, right? And, you know, the likes of Digit, Echo, and maybe Navi going forward will, will prove the case, right? Look, we've seen disruption happen in the last 15 years with, the, you know, first on the distribution side, with the likes of Policy Bazaar, Cover Fox, and so on. Then you saw some of services being like disrupted. And now you're seeing the logical end, which is like, you know, some of these guys acquiring licenses and showing the industry how it has to be done, right? Of course, I mean, there's you need to be a modicum of humility here, right? It'll be interesting to see, you know, how these folks will manage businesses over the next 10 years because tech is the least of the concerns, right? Tech is like probably 10% of the problem. The remaining 90% is how you run the insurance business itself, right? And uh, it's a fairly capital intensive business. You need something like 100 crore rupees to start an insurance company, I think, and probably twice that amount to do a reinsurance of any kind. So, I mean, imagine paid up capital of that amount to, you know, even start a company, right? So, which is, which is a huge barrier, but the good thing is that the IRDA, which is a regulatory authority has been super proactive, right? And uh, going forward, we will see, you know, micro insurers and so on and so forth, right? And um, especially this embedded insurance will come into play where, you know, for very specific specialty products, like for example, you're booking a flight or you know, you're buying an expensive product or something of that sort. Those kind of uh, products as well, I mean, will come into four. See, Digit is a fantastic business. I mean, four-year-old business, as you mentioned, and I think they've raised this uh, amount also. uh, What I understand is that to comply with the regulation on solvency ratio, which has to be around 150%, in essence, basically assets to, you know, what what are the risks that they've taken on, right? So, So that is the reason for raising the amount as such. And they've grown phenomenally, right? I mean, if you look at last year, I think commercial insurance, like motor insurance especially, didn't do well for obvious reasons, right? Not many people on the road and then not many, uh, what do you say, not many people buying cars and bikes and whatnot, right? So, but otherwise they have about 15 million customers, right? And even the likes of Godrej consumers last year picked Digit for its 4,000 member workforce, right? For COVID insurance and things like that. Digit is backed by Prem Vatsa, who's a Canadian billionaire. And uh, I'm really excited about the fact that these folks will come and like they will pioneer service, right? Because look, I mean, we had this conversation with Abhishek and Saurabh very recently of Plum. And, you know, the, the single biggest thing they measure is NPS, right? Which is a four letter word in insurance, if you ask me, right? Because you tell me which insurance company has, you know, good NPS, right? It's pretty miserable across board. 
and new age brokers insurers are helping pioneer that same kind of a love that we might have for an uber or a swiggy or you know one of these new age tech consumer products right and that is uh, that is simply phenomenal so yeah even though you know there's a long way to go for digit i think the they probably 110th or maybe 112th how much a new india assurance which is the largest commercial insurance company in india does right uh, but i mean the way they've been growing and the way insurance uh, in general right i mean some of the trends that are coming into play right whether it's like you know fdi being increased to 74% or some of the other regulatory things that are going to come up whether it's the national health tax so on and so forth i think a lot of service level innovation will cause a huge disruption in this in this market for sure right so i'm really excited about you know the road ahead for digit and plenty of the other insurers as well right so if i can just add one point to what you said on this micro insurance right something which incumbents haven't been able to do well so this whole concept of micro insurance and you know co-creating customized product will really help increase the insurance penetration in india as more lower lower to middle income group segments will be served right instead of paying a 7000 8000 rupees uh, yearly premium you can pay pay premiums of let's say a few hundred rupees which is more affordable and would help uh, get more people into the insurance space yeah all right so another really interesting trend which you're noticing which you noticed last week is the funding in d2c brands right lucius uh, which i'm sure many almost every household would know of right has raised its series f funding of 192 million dollars this round was led by temasek the singapore singapore based investment firm and multiple private equity now this 192 million dollar check is the largest check size in this segment right and along with uh, temasek and multiple equity brunei investment agency and existing investors the 314 capital burdelsman india investments vertex ventures southeast asia and india and vertex growth fund also participated in the round and uh, currently licious is present in over 14 indian cities and is growing at a rate of 500% you know year on year and i think most of this can be credited to uh, the pandemic but along with licious right we have seen tata you know partnering with big basket we have seen reliance entering into the grocery delivery space most recently zomato and tiger global invested 120 million dollars in grofers you know and with this grofers becomes the latest to join the unicorn club co-founder Saurabh Kumar had also earlier mentioned in the month that you know he'll be moving away from the company but he'll continue to remain part of the board tiger global is also a common investor in both zomato and grofers and i think as of this month they have nearly a 20% stake in the company and as i mentioned right uh, grofers largest competitor that is big basket was recently bought out by tata group and you know i think zomato could also look at a possible acquisition of grofers post its ipo even swiggy is aggressively pushing on its hyper local as well as grocery delivery services right and i mean we know amazon and flipkart are already exploring the space so this, this is massive you know farm to plate disruptions that we are seeing right i mean mm. what what do you think is fueling this and how do you think will pan out in the future yeah it's pretty amazing i mean everyone has started at the tip of the spear and then slowly kind of backward integrating all the way right and whether you look at insurance or whether you look at this innovation on the consumer side of things right in terms of food and what not and we're seeing plenty of these folks do this right there's ninja cart there's grofers there's big basket licious and all of them are trying to address the classical inefficiencies that tech typically solves for which is that you know very operations intensive sort of a business 
lot of information asymmetry processes have to be scaled a lot of people checkpoints at various points and so on and so forth right and and they're trying to solve this through automation through tech and with a sort of a first principle approach to all of this right and some of the old norms and conventions may have a valid case to be those norms and conventions right but often enough it's important for people to ask why right because maybe the circumstances maybe the technology maybe the resources have changed right and it's amazing that startups are doing that in multiple of these conventional sectors right whether it's insurance agri tech or whatever else uh, kind of a sector right so this farm to plate model as i mentioned extremely operations intensive right and growers and uh, all of these folks are trying to set up that uh, that whole back end to either take these uh, innovations directly to the consumers or partner with uh, some of the larger folks like you know it could be flipkart or it could be someone else um to sort of uh, support them on the back end right and it makes a very symbiotic sort of a fit and it should really be interesting going forward you know how much of uh, this they will be able to solve but i think it's it's a especially with all of these agri laws and stuff that's coming uh, up right i mean given that you know farmers will Uh, finally be able to uh, you know utilize some of the virtues of market economy and and so on this could be really interesting going forward the whole farm to plate sort of innovation and it's positive across board right i mean it's positive for restaurants and businesses and so on because they get fresh produce for cheap and they have better access right it's good for the farmers and the, the small entrepreneurs uh, you know who are in the agri tech space because they get a fair price in terms of you know their produce and what not and it's good for us consumers as well right uh, again the same phenomena of cheaper faster better holds right so so yeah wonderful innovation and uh, you know i really also like the way zomato is going about this so yeah superb stuff Right. The week before last, we spoke on Mensa brands, right? That you know partners with uh, e-commerce stores and helps them create a brand and grow their business. Similar to uh, Mensa brands, Ten Club has recently closed its seed funding round at forty million dollars. I'll uh, uh, say it again. Ten Club has closed its latest seed funding round at forty million dollars, and this is the largest seed financing rounds in South Asian markets. Uh, Ten Club is an e-commerce player that acquires small merchants and brands listed on Amazon Marketplace. And after the acquisition, the brand Ten Club basically scales them up. Bhavna Suresh is the co-founder of the company, and prior to Ten Club, she has built multiple brands like Lamudi Philippines, which is a real estate startup, and uh, women's wear on-demand rental service called Style Bank, which was founded in 2014. Now this round was co-led by consumer brands focused uh, fireside ventures and an undisclosed international investor but i mean i'm still trying to process the fact that it's a 40 million dollar seed round do you do you had you ever th- thought that you would see large, such a large deal it's a bit meta right i mean it's funding for funding in some sense right uh, we spoke about uh, uh, this phenomenon in mensa also and it and it's sort of a coming of age of uh, the whole indian startup ecosystem in some sense right because look the old folks like reliance or tata or all of these folks do this right i mean they have people scouting for products uh, at the at the ground level right and then they help with packaging enabling them to you know really upsell and you know value add and so on right and this is what uh, you know the likes of mensa and ten club will do as well they will identify these e-commerce uh players and businesses uh, uh sorry e-commerce businesses with a lot of potential and really help them scale uh, and that could be a very viable business as well because 
look some of this uh, some of these product businesses are are not so easy right i mean it's not bits and bytes you have to deal with atoms and molecules here right so even though there is like a ready framework in terms of payments and logistics and you know shed- setting up a storefront and marketing and all of those things i mean ultimately someone will have to move one thing to another right there is product there is distribution and so on and uh, people who have done this before uh, will obviously you know have that uh, you know leg up in terms of what it takes to you know optimize the logistics and build a brand and so on right and and here again look i mean brand is a key aspect right yes of course discretionary income is rising in india yes of course you know people will get more prosperous they will spend on typical instagram brands and so on right i myself over the last year or so i mean i've ordered from so many outlets that i haven't really known before purely basis an ad or something of that sort all of that will happen but then it will be a fight in terms of you know creating mind space and everything for every boat or for every what was that other one the sold store there's companies like boat sold store i mean i knew these brands only through amazon and you know yeah. instagram ads yeah. and today these are like such big Yeah. big companies and we order regularly from the uh, right. from the no for yeah and and for every boat or sugar i mean there'll be like hundreds or you know thousands of others right i mean who are like struggling for mind space and everything and these folks definitely need help and i think 10 club is a better in that direction right to identify potential winners and help them through so yeah fantastic stuff so yeah, while we are seeing you know local brands grow in e-commerce marketplaces or uh, the gaming space has also been heating up I mean, we saw the year start off with a lot of action in the edtech, and you know, after Dream Eleven's 400 million fundraise in May and mobile Premier League's 95 million dollar Series D in February, gaming has taken a huge uh, bump, right? Uh, so most recently, Winzo announced uh, that it has raised 65 million dollars in a Series C funding round, which was led by California's Griffin Gaming Partners, and this took the total funding of Winzo to around 90 million dollars. for them the revenue has grown over tenfold in the past 12 months and you know they have partnered with over 100 game developers their social media gaming framework i mean is only accelerating growth in the indian interactive entertainment industry uh, they offer games in over 12 languages and you know the biggest benefit which they have achieved is they are unlocking new demographics which are earlier underserved right and not only wins we have another company you know which uh, made news last week Modern Times Group, which is a Swedish-based gaming giant, they recently acquired Play Simple for three sixty million dollars. Now, this acquisition marks one of the largest exits in the Indian startup ecosystem. Right? For those of you who don't know, Play Simple had raised just four million dollars in Series A, and was valued at sixteen million from Elevation Capital and Kirate Ventures in twenty sixteen. The revenues of Play Simple, which operates nine board games, grew by one forty-four percent year-on-year to eighty-three million dollars last year. And I think, had it been for a few more months, they would have, you know, hit over sixty million dollars in revenue in the first half of twenty twenty-one. So yeah, I mean, first there was edtech, and now you know we are seeing game tech, you know, coming to the forelight. How do you see this space panning out in the next few months? So incidentally, one of the hottest IPOs of the year was uh, Nazara Technologies, right? Backed by Rakesh Junjunwala, right? And did uh, really, really well, phenomenally well, in fact. You know, I mean, we've spoken about the whole geo phenomena, right? I mean, 2016 onwards, it was an inflection point. There are a whole bunch of people, you know, in hundreds of millions of people coming online, and they're going to they're going to do all of the things that we've been doing for a while, right? Which is the education, learning, entertainment, and all of that. So cheap internet is 
is a disruption at a platform level that is you know hitherto never seen right and uh, these kind of uh, gaming i mean obviously it will leverage these kind of platform innovation to you know really grow right and uh, it's a very hard business to run you know and hard is an understatement because look every business technically is you know uh, is a is a is a hard business to run right any business is hard to execute but gaming fundamentally is basically discretionary stuff right i mean it's it's going beyond somebody's need right now you can argue that you know entertainment is a basic need and especially you know when all of us have been locked up for for a good amount of a year right now due to the pandemic and lockdown right you could you could argue that but but it's not an essential business let me put it that way and if you look at you know the average game right depending on what report you read it lasts anywhere between a few days to a few months to a few weeks right and and the power law applies like nobody's business in this space i mean it's like the top 10 maybe and then after that god knows how many how many millions others right you have no idea uh, in terms of you know what those uh, businesses are doing and so on right so 99.99% of the games published don't even last a few few days right so uh, imagine that kind of pressure to make it work imagine that kind of a dog fight sort of a space to be in right i mean it's a very very difficult sort of a business right uh, knowing that your product could be redundant you know sooner than you can like put out a new release or whatever right so we did an episode with uh, kirti of hitwicket which was pretty interesting she spoke about you know how they are building their business and i think they have probably 10 million plus users right and uh, so both of these are are dramatically different outcomes right play simple probably raised only 4 million dollars and they got a 360 million dollar outcome which is like superb actually right and then the other company winzo as well i mean is is raising larger rounds it also shows that you know i mean indian founders itself are mature right now because you know 5 or 10 years back you still had this like whole dichotomy of you know bootstrapping or funding which is good for me and stuff like that but right now i think people know that you know i mean there is no one path to building a successful business and it really depends on your temperament and what you want in the future uh, and, and whether you know your business really kind of merits all of that funding or whether you can go at it alone right so yeah pretty uh, pretty interesting times and you know the big guys have done it right i mean dream 11 for example and and the rest of them as well so yeah I, i'm really excited for this so i mean if we just look at the gaming market right in totality i mean in 2019 i think the global market size was close to 150 billion dollars and you know reports are suggesting that by 2025 it's going to grow to over 250 billion dollars right so the amount of opportunity that's present here is up for grabs so yeah i think we'll see more action in this space as we move forward all right so uh you know sheeda sir has been putting a more like self reflection tweets out there and you know this one really stood out to me uh recognizing when we ourselves have become part of the problem we complain about is critical to solving most problems the enemy is us business problems are human problems and formalized descriptions do not capture human feelings inner spiritual awareness is vital right i mean so roshan you're leading marketing for one of the fastest growing b2b saas right have you ever faced i mean have you ever had a reflection like this in your journey see everything is a process of self realization i mean i don't want to get too meta here like profound stuff and everything but but it's something to meditate upon right i mean it it's a journey of self realization especially entrepreneurship and being a founder right because it really pushes you it really pushes you and when you have no way out when you know it's all down to you 
you're bound to look inward right and a lot of you it's the best way to understand yourself as well you know what you're good at what you like what you don't like who you like so on and so forth right and and it's it's just mandatory i would say for you to understand yourself in order to be successful so i think that is what uh, you know vembusar is at least that's my reading of what vembusar is saying no i think that's that's bang on to the point so roshan before we wrap up uh, this week's roundup uh, you going to have you going to uh, put up two episodes with uh, tarun and tamanna dhamija who are co-founders of conversite and ankit dev who's a co-founder and ceo of bizongo right can you tell us a bit about your conversations with them yeah i also want to talk about the couple of episodes we put out last week uh we're seeing like you know a lot more reach and engagement uh, especially over the last month and half right uh, and uh, thank you again for all of your support guys really really appreciate it it inspires us to do better and do more yeah so last week we we put out a couple of episodes one with uh, ajay gore uh, who's the operating uh, partner at uh, sequoia and uh, also with saurabh and abhishek of plum insurance right and both of these were such an illuminating both of these were illuminating conversations for me uh, i certainly got to understand a lot more about insurance from abhishek and saurabh how they're disrupting it and you know ajay is one of those people who could explain anything with a relatable example right the kind of uh, concepts that he was explaining whether it's maturity models or microservices and everything uh with examples like you know a pani puri vendor operation right i mean mm-hmm. fantastic stuff like really really fantastic stuff and it was it was a it was a sort of sort of a great end to our engineering manager series which i'm sure that you know people are aware of uh if not do check it out we interviewed some of the best engineering leaders uh, across startups in india and uh, a ton of insights there for you guys upcoming episodes uh, tarun and tamana were really fun to talk to right because you could argue that in a sense we are trying to build a community ourselves and so i had a lot of pertinent questions about how you go about growing engaging this community and then things around monetization and so on and they've worked with 100 plus uh, communities across the world uh, and so they have plenty of insights to share in terms of what's working what's not working and how to go about it right so uh, for anyone who's building a group or a community uh, which is arguably everyone right i mean if you have a product or service i think you should build a community around it so a ton of insights uh, from tarun and tamana and uh, yeah aniket of course is is building one of the most successful saas businesses in india right bizongo recently raised around as well the the amazing thing is it's so many businesses wrapped in one right it's a marketplace it's a saas product and it's a service right and they have multiple saas products at that so what was interesting to me is that you know aniket and uh, his co-founders right uh they they put the team together first and then thought of the idea and they've really gone deep i mean they've worked with all these small businesses to understand what they require and and really execute so yeah fantastic episodes are coming up uh, do check it out and let us know right. and if you want to be the first to know when these episodes are out do not forget to uh, follow our twitter and linkedin and instagram social media accounts and uh, i think uh, we are a wrap and i think we are dot at the 30 minute mark so i think that's a job well done on our side but folks do let us know what are the various things that we can improve right and we'll try our best to do that but also as we start a new quarter if you would like to wish you the very best in your uh, jobs and roles and yeah hope will be a great quarter for you and we'll see you again next week